0: Hey there, and welcome to the Failure Guy podcast. This is Ben Currier, self-proclaimed world's number one failure. Join me as we take a look into the darker side of success. In this podcast, we'll learn about the hardest moments my guests faced and the failures they endured on their path towards making it. I hope you Enjoy. Welcome to the Failure Guy podcast. Today's the first episode and we have uh, Jermaine Cheatham. Uh, I hope I pronounced that right. Yeah, you did. Okay, cool. And uh, can you just give us a little bit about yourself and maybe, you know, a little bit of a, a shameless brag to talk about some of the good things you've done, you know, in your career or personal life or whatever, you know, kind of things you think is is relevant for people to know about you.
1: Okay. Yeah. No. Um, perfect, man. Um, so I'm an entrepreneur. Um... I actually don't even like that, uh, word. It's (laughs) kind of silly to me. Um, I just, uh, I'm the type type of person that just decides, you know, who I want to be and where I want to go and kind of the life I want to live. So, um, you know, I decided that I wanted to you know, be a business owner and uh, do my own thing and kind of control my own destiny and, um, not really be a victim of my circumstances. So um, that's what I did. So I created my own business. It's um, kind of a sales based uh, financial services business and it allows me to, um, travel around the world. Like right now I'm in uh, Malaysia currently, and, um, I can just work from my laptop and my cell phone and, um, I pretty much travel nonstop and, um, it just kind of allows me a new perspective on, on life to see all these different nations and people and, um, get out of my normal bubble of, um, you know, American society and kind of see things at a, a zoomed out level. So, um, that's kind of me in a nutshell, um. Yeah. So thanks
0: for having me. Cool. So uh, I kind of don't like the term entrepreneur either, but w- what do you think is is kind of what drove you towards that or even gave you the confidence to, like, go out on your own versus do kind of more of the stereotypical thing where, you know, you follow the cookie cutter process of what people think you should do? Um, what what gave you the, the like confidence and ability to not really be afraid of doing that kind of stuff?
1: Um, I guess it was just being tired of being scared. Um, I just, I don't do well with fear and it kind of eats me alive because I just think about it kind of more holistically because I realize you know, everyone's going to die. Um, and so like, what am I scared of? There's nothing to, to lose or to gain. It's almost like when you have the idea of nothing matters at all, like nothing matters. So it gives you actually the confidence to go out and do the things that do matter because it doesn't matter if you win or lose. Um, because in the grand scheme of things, you're just a blip on the screen of eternity of on this universe, and on this earth. So it's like, why would I let this weird emotion called fear stop me? So it's really kind of looking at fear from more of a logical perspective instead of looking at it from an emotional perspective and letting it run you um, wild and run you around and chasing your tail. I looked at it more logically like, huh, you know, what's kind of the, the most probable outcome of this? Uh, what's the you know worst case best case and what's the most probable outcome and when you look and when you throw out the best case and the worst case the most probable outcome is like a 90% you know chance this is going to work out so um it makes it easier to make a good decision than to chase your um illogical uh, emotions of fear
0: yeah i i mean i love that i think a lot of times we build things up so big in our mind that it's hard to differentiate what you think will happen, you know, through that fear based stuff and what actually is the possibility. So I love that you you say you kind of like look at the different outcomes, because one of the things that I try to do in like my quest to just be better at failure is to like I I give myself what I call a get out of fail free card, which is where I kind of like mentally go to the future of whatever thing I'm thinking about doing, you know, what ways could I fail at that? And what does that look like? And kind of put yourself in that future state of mind where you're already there and like experiencing that worst case scenario, so that you realize it's not that bad. Because usually the things that could happen aren't that bad. And even if you picture the worst case scenario, it's not as bad as doing nothing at all and like kind of holding yourself back. So it's nice to you know be more realistic about how that future stuff could pan out. Because a lot of times we build it up so big in our our minds. So um, what what I wanted to get into a little bit was was some of the the lesser exciting parts of, of you know being an entrepreneur and doing things on your own because a lot of times you don't know what you're doing you know and, and you're kind of paving your own way so you know one of the things about successful people tend to be that in order to get successful you have to to mess up a lot so I don't know if there's anything specifically there in your past that like stands out to you as either like the most costly decision you've made or maybe the most expensive lesson you've learned like along that path towards becoming an entrepreneur
1: um I mean I I I kind of think about it, I don't know, maybe I'm just a weirdo, I really don't think about failure or mess ups, maybe the normal way people do, um, I really don't know what everybody thinks about things, so I I just reframe everything in in the idea of, I really just keep it moving, like if if something doesn't go the way I was hoping it was going to go, I really don't even think about it as far as, oh, that was a mistake, oh, that was wrong, oh, I didn't do that right. I literally just think about it. Okay, that was information. Next, um, I I don't attach anything to it. It's like I'm almost like I'm kind of almost dead inside to any <laughs> mistakes I make. Um, yeah. uh, I don't like. I just don't have any feelings one way about it or another. It's like literally, it's in the past. So I don't. I literally don't feel. Um, I, I always kind of feel like you know whatever didn't happen or did happen it was supposed to happen this way. Otherwise it wouldn't happen. Like one of the things I always believe in is like life is perfect the way it is no matter what you think about what's going on in society or the world or within your own individual life, it's unfolding exactly the way it's supposed to otherwise it wouldn't be happening. So it's like, why would you fight with life like that? So it's like, I don't know what doors are going to open from this thing that I want to, you know, some people might call a mistake, but I'm not going to look at it that way. I'm going to look at it as an opportunity for life to guide me the, the direction that it's trying to guide me instead of me holding or clenching or, you know, um, it's just the educational process where you just kind of think about it. I'm like, okay, yeah, I, maybe I should have done some more research on that or next time I won't do, do that. But it's like, you don't re- I I don't beat myself up at, at all about really anything. It's kind of
0: weird. I mean, that's fantastic. I think a lot of people probably, you know, don't know what that's like. And maybe they'll, they'll have the opposite things. Cause I feel like what happens is typically, you know, you'll, you'll make a mistake or a failure and you know, you can call it whatever you want, just a learning experience. But a lot of people will dig into the feeling of the pain of it, you know, and they'll really try to experience that without spending as much time thinking about the lesson that they should be learning from it, where it sounds like you're kind of the opposite where you cut out the feeling bad part and you go straight to what I learned. So I'm wondering if there's anything specifically you think when you're doing that, that like, is there any mental process you go through before or when you're doing something and trying something out where you're somehow unable to, to feel the bad stuff? Is there anything you could tell people for maybe ways of, of thinking about things so that they can kind of, you know, reduce that pain piece and improve their ability to maybe learn from it? Because it seems like you're pretty good at just, you know, connecting the dots between what you're doing and what's working and what isn't and not essentially feeling bad about any of the decisions you made, which is... Fantastic. It helps, you know, pushing forward. But do you think there's anything mentally that you're doing there? Or is it just kind of like robotic thing that, that you're not really controlling? Is there is there kind of a thought process or a mindset that you maybe get into?
1: Yeah, so the, I guess the main thing is I just do not ruminate um, on anything that's perceived to be negative. I don't keep you know bringing it up and rehashing it and rethinking about it and where was my thinking flawed? And then I literally put it away and it's done. It's over with and I move on. And I make new decisions based on today. So it's really just, uh, and I do this automatically, I don't really consciously think about it. Mm-hmm. It's just I do not ruminate and keep thinking about the, the thing over and over and over again.
0: So in, instead of doing that, it sounds like you're just more thinking about moving forward and what's next. And like uh, you're really more forward thinking than even looking at the past much. It's more what am I going to do next and how am I going to use some of that info?
1: Exactly, because there's, there's nothing you can do. It's over. Like, there's, the, the past makes zero sense to think about. And to be honest with you, the future makes zero sense to think about. The only thing to think about is what are your steps you're doing right now, like your current action. Nothing else matters, because there's nothing else guaranteed that's even going to unfold the way you think it's going to fold in the future to think about planning too much. Or in the past, obviously, it makes zero sense to, to continue to ruminate over things that have happened yesterday or 10 years ago.
0: Yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's pretty cool. I think a lot of people are envious probably of your ability to do that because I think not enough people either live in the present or the future. A lot of them are living in the past and trying to figure out, you know, what exactly led them to where they are rather than how they can change that, you know, moving forward. So I think that's a really cool way to, to look at things. So instead of um maybe calling it a failure or a mistake or were there any big lessons that you learned just through trial and error of, you know, being an entrepreneur or things Weren't the way you expected it, and you maybe had a different—I don't want to say expectation—because it sounds like you keep relatively low expectations. But something where you know you might have thought it would go one way or another, or things didn't go as planned, and you had to make a giant adjustment. Were there things like that that might benefit some people to hear? You know, some of those challenges. Yeah,
1: um, I mean, I really don't keep low expectations. I keep actually very high ex- expectations. I literally expect I win at everything and everything I do. I expect it always to succeed. But if it doesn't, it's literally like I'm dead inside, like it didn't almost even happen, (laughs) almost like a sociopath would. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I think um,
0: uh, what was your question? I'm sorry. So whether you don't call it a mistake or or failure or anything, were there any big challenges in your career? Because, I mean, doing things as an entrepreneur is kind of making your own path. Was there was there any giant challenges that you had to face that, you know, you weren't really sure which way to go and maybe learn something by doing it in a way that wasn't? ideal or, you know, something where you had one expectation of how being an entrepreneur would be, but then it was totally different than, than that once you got into it? Yeah. A couple of things.
1: Number one, I always, one of my guiding lights is I just trust myself. And when I, when I say I trust myself, I trust my higher self, my like idealized version of myself where I kind of think about, you know, what would that, you know, the highest, best, version of myself doing this moment or in this decision and I'll kind of sit on it and think about it for a day or just kind of let the answers come to me and then whatever that is I'll do that because a lot of things I think a lot of times entrepreneurs I think act from a sense of lack or fear or you know scarcity Mm -hmm. and when you when you do that you just don't make good decisions so if I think about you know what my highest self would do and what my my most idealized self would do Then I come from a place of, you know, abundance and um, forward thinking, and um, uh, not from a place of lack, obviously. So I really do trust myself to make the wise decisions, as long as I do it in a a natural, authentic way, and not from a place of lack. So I I kind of just look at myself, um, step back a little bit, and let my my intuition take charge. So that's that's probably a huge thing I would suggest for entrepreneurs. And another thing is. You know, a lot of people think like entrepreneurship is like the holy grail and it's going to make you happy and rich and all that stuff. But the truth is it, it, it's, it doesn't. Um, money doesn't bring you happiness. Being an entrepreneur doesn't. Uh, it's really the idea of, you know, making progress on your goals brings you happiness um, on things you really want, not what the outside world wants you to do, but what you at your core wants to do. And that's when it gets back to more about you know trusting yourself in the direction you want to go. So that's what the happiness comes from. So a lot of people think, oh, I'll be an entrepreneur, I'll be happy. You're just going to be barking up the wrong tree.
0: Yeah, I mean, really any kind of a career path is always a lot harder than it seems and sometimes can feel like more appealing than it it might be in reality because there's a lot of hard work that comes along with that, you know, for sure. Now, I know you've, uh, when I listened to you on another podcast, you were talking about how much uh, traveling you did, and I know you're in Malaysia right now. Is there anything specifically that drove you towards a life of being more of a traveler? Is there something specifically that like, did you feel either like you were missing out on some of the world and you wanted to go check it out or that there was so much to see? What made you really feel free to just, you know, go kind of do whatever you want and and live in different places all over the world? Uh, Because a lot of people, I think, would envy that kind of lifestyle, but just think it's too hard to, to choose it when it's really just as simple as probably doing it but was there something specifically that drove you towards that lifestyle?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, we didn't have that option to work from a laptop or a cell phone. So now like where we are in, in today's technological age is like no reason not to. So like if the, if the, if I'm alive during this time and I have the technology to be able to do so, um, that's a, so I probably should explore that and B, even more importantly for me, is I always like, want to see what the truth is about the world, like what's really going on in the world. I can't trust it from you know hearsay or from the news or from the media or from anybody else. I want to really go out there and see what these different nations are all about, what the people and the cultures are all about, what the food's all about. And so that's what really drove me to find um, the the truth about life in general. And so you know, I already know about America. I've been to all the states for the most part. Um, I, I know about my neighborhood. I know about my city. I know, you know, I've, I've already done all that like there's nothing fun about doing the same thing over and over again so let's see how this is different compared to you know america and then obviously within america there's so many different states every state is a little different so you kind of realize like america is like a almost like a little world within itself because it's such a um diverse group of people and each state is so different so but then when you step out and you go to you know different countries in asia and europe and everywhere south america the central america wherever you're at you realize, man, everyone is very different. um, But in their core, they're exactly the same as us. It's just it just kind of expresses itself a little differently. So it's kind of cool to see um, the interconnectedness of everybody, but also it's interesting to see how tribal everybody is. It's kind of like we're still living in a very um, primitive mindset. It's kind of um, interesting that we've we've kind of come so far technologically, but in our minds, we're very very monkeyish. So <laughs> yeah. kind of funny, but it's, uh, you know, I, I was always just very curious about, well, curious about everything. That's really what it comes down to my curiosity and uh, the ideas of what's the truth, um, from my vantage point, not what the media is telling me or, you know, what my neighbor is saying about, you know, Canada or whatever, I, I want to go check it out myself.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And, and it's, it sounds really awesome. Is there, is there a specific country that you'd say was, you know, one of your favorites in, over these trips or maybe one that surprised you that you weren't sure much about it but then you you went there and you were you know kind of blown away
1: yeah i would say one the, malaysia is definitely am blown away by the people here and just the lifestyle and uh the, they're very western almost like america but in a very peaceful uh, communal way it's very interesting um i would say uh el salvador was very interesting i wasn't even supposed to go there but i ended up there and um that was a very cool kind of same vibe like the, it was just a a very hidden gem I didn't expect to see with I like to go places where it's not really touristy where it's just like I'm in a community of people that you know the tourism kind of jades a community to a certain degree because they know dollars are coming in and then you know they have to you know have a hustle and sell you something it's just kind of a different vibe but when you go to these non-touristy international locations you kind of see the real true culture and um, community kind of shine who they really are Um, So those two are very interesting. So Malaysia, I'd say El Salvador for just chilling and relaxing. I love Europe just because, you know, it's just kind of a relaxed environment in general. The people are pretty chill, pretty laid back. Um, Thailand is a great place as well, just because it's just great food, great massages, great beaches. I mean, you can't go wrong there. So um, that's just a few of them. But uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of great places to check out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree about getting you know the real kind of local experience, you know, rather than kind of hitting the tourist spots because you you get to see that real actual you know style of life that you're trying to get a peek into instead of just whatever they want to kind of show as as their public face. But I was curious. So you said El, Sol- El Salvador was not on your trip originally, or wasn't planned to be a place. How'd you end up getting stuck there, so to speak?
1: I think I was in Panama. I was supposed to fly to. I think Costa Rica or somewhere, somewhere in Central America, but I couldn't get there because I didn't have my yellow uh, fever shot or whatever. We didn't know we needed to have that. Yeah. So we we're I'm getting ready to board the plane and they're or getting our uh, the tick inca- ticketing counter And they say, Oh, you can't go there because you don't have your yellow fever card. So they said, well, there's a way to circumvent it is if you fly to El Salvador, stay there and then um, you can get to where you're, it, where you're going. I think it might have been Costa Rica. I can't I can't remember or Nicaragua, I can't remember where we were going. So we had this do a layover there so we ended up staying like a week there and um just unintentionally so we can kind of I was like I, there she originally said this, you know stay one night and then um you can fly out the next day and I'm like I'm not going to go through all that <laughs> that hassle will go into the hotel, you know, pack, I'm going to stay a week just to check out, you know, like like I was saying earlier like life brought me to this moment to explore um, El Salvador that I didn't wasn't expecting. So why would I just stay over at night? I'm gonna check it out and see what's up because there's a reason why this is happening. So yeah, uh, it was just by accident, and that's just kind of how I live my life. Is if things happen, then you just keep it moving and you make the best of it because it was supposed to happen.
0: Yeah. So in that moment when they told you that you couldn't go to where you hoped, uh, there was no upsetness or anything. It was it was more like okay, now what? Is that like how you how you're how you work in those situations?
1: No, no, not at all. I. I don't concede easily, so I was um, really, the, you know, trying to make sure the ticket agent know that we need to get to Costa Rica or where we're going. Mm-hmm. So I, I put up quite a fight there, um, but eventually, you know, I realized we're not going to get into the country. So, yeah. you know, I, I just don't. I guess my point is I don't roll over. But then once I'm forced to roll over, once I'm, I have to concede that hey, I'm not going to get my way <laughs> about going to you know Costa Rica today. Um, then I say, okay, well, we're gonna make the best out of El Salvador, and that's the only option you really have. So it's, it's kind of something you have to come to terms with.
0: Yeah, no, I, I hear you. And so, like, uh, from based on just a little bit of time we've talked, uh, you seem to me to be pretty confident and comfortable stepping outside of your comfort zone, you know, however you define that. But would you say there's an area of your life where you don't really feel confident and you struggle in some ways?
1: Um, pretty much my entire life. <laughs> um pretty much in everything. That's I think that's what keeps me motivated. Um everything I've done as far as entrepreneurship or, you know, sales or you know, doing door to door sales or making cold calls to people, um, it's always to defy that feeling of being scared, of not being accepted, of not of not fulfilling my potential, of not trying to do things that challenge and, and scare me. So I feel that way about everything. I mean doing pod, doing podcasts or doing um, new business ventures or doing anything there's always that risk of failure of sounding quote-unquote dumb or you know whatever it is so it's like it's constantly something that I have to defy because I know it's all BS it's not a real thing it's just something in my head and so by actually doing the deed doing the action the the fear it disappears so um, I guess everything I, I feel um, apprehensive about to a certain degree, um, whether it's, I mean, everything, there's always pushback and resistance. And uh, I think that's the beauty of, of of life is on the other side of that, when you actually do the thing, that's where the true happiness comes from. Because, you know, you're making progress on the things that truly matter to you, which happens to be clearly seen when you follow your you know, intuition and your gut.
0: Yeah, and I think you said something on the other podcast about how, you know, you kind of view fear as like the breadcrumb trail that leads you towards what you should be doing. And, you know, I I definitely agree. I view fear as kind of like the fuel that should be firing, you know, your engines to push you towards that thing because it's something that clearly you need to tackle and address. So, you know, while it appears that you're very confident because you, cause you certainly are, but it seems like you identify that, you know, you're not necessarily – perfect for anything you're going for, but you're going to try your best and just, you know, improve each time, which is really how you get anywhere in life.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like I I, I always think about the adage of, you know, follow your fear, because literally that's where you're supposed to go. That, that's where all the fruit is. That's where your happiness is. That's where your money is. That's where the abundance is. That's where the relationships are. I mean, everything is where you don't want to look. I, think, I can't remember who quoted that, but I think it was Carl Jung. He said something to the effect of. The place you're supposed to go is the place you don't want to look, but it's it's so true. That's where I've gotten all my success, joy, happiness is when I don't succumb to being small and scared. Um, It's just the way it goes.
0: Yeah, and I think part of the reason that a lot of things are scary is because a lot of people don't do those things. So, like even just by doing something that's you know kind of scary, you're already kind of cutting down a lot of the competition who's not doing that kind of stuff. You know, just by putting yourself out there and, and trying it. I'm curious, is there, is there one career or hobby or kind of undertaking that you would do if, you know, failure wasn't possible or that if you could ideally do it, like, for example, I'd love to do stand up comedy, but it sounds terrifying, you know, having everyone (laughs) judge you as you're trying to tell jokes. uh, It just sounds insane. But if that'd be something I'd want to try, if it wasn't as uh, scary, you know, how to do that type of stuff, is there something you'd want to try out, you know, if, uh, if there wasn't a way for you to not do well at it?
1: Um, I, I thought about stand standup comedy too. Um, I feel like I could, I think I could be pretty good at it. Um, I just don't know if I'd have the dedication to write the jokes and stuff, or I just don't know if I'm like funny in that kind of way where it's like scripted, I, like standup. I think about quite a bit. And it's not really, I don't think it's the fear of going up in front of people per se that would stop me. It would be like, do I want to focus my time on that? Um, mm-hmm. right now. But, um, no, so stand-up would be something I would think about too. Um, I think about podcasting too, like would I want to have a podcast? But then I think about I'm, – I'm, kind of, I'm a minimalist, so it's like I don't like um, wasting my time on little uh, – I don't like a lot of red tape. So for me to be a guest like I am for you, it's simple. I just show up, I talk to you, and I'm done. I don't have to think about nothing. I don't have any script. I just you know wing it. But if I had my own podcast, then it's going to require work, and it's going to require – structure and guests showing up or canceling, you know, is just causes me not to maybe enjoy my life as much as I would. So I wouldn't know if it's really um fear that's holding me back from starting my own podcast or is it more um a prior a priority thing. But I'd have to I kinda of have to sit with these things to see, you know, what's really at the root. Is it is it fear or is it I it's not really a priority for me. So um I off the top of my head I could think of stand up, I could think of starting my own podcast. That's really it right now, but yeah. there's there's always new stuff that comes up where I'm like, oh, I want to do that, and then the fear will come up, and then I'll have to kind of um, you know do my little dance with it and then move forward.
0: Yeah, no, I don't know what you mean about stand-up. I feel like um, it almost seems disingenuous to tell the same jokes the same way every time. I don't know. It feels like you're not in the moment or whatever, so that'd be something I'd have to get past for sure because – it needs to. It can't feel as natural if it's something that's so scripted, you know? But that's what you need it to be in order to be funny every time.
1: Exactly. Like the idea of going on these tours and telling the joke 50 nights in a row for the same time, and you know what you're going to say, how it's going to... I don't know. It, it, I, I get the guys that like go after the people in the crowd, because mm-hmm. that's more impromptu. That seems more fun to me, where it's just kind of off the cuff. That's the way life's supposed to be lived. But like a scripted thing, or even musicians to a certain degree if you're playing your same songs over and over and over versus like just doing improv improvising with like a band and rocking out, that seems like way more fun to me. So I don't know. that's, so that's why the whole comedy thing is like, yeah, it seems like fun, but what I really like my personality enjoy that. Cause I like variety quite a bit. So I don't know about that.
0: Um, I'm curious, is there anything that you're, going to be attacking soon. I was going to say, what do you hope to fail at next? But I know you're not really uh, viewing it that way. Is there like a big endeavor that you're uh, going forward on? I know you don't think too far into the future, but I didn't know if there's anything big coming up that is something that might be challenging you, you know, in the near future.
1: Yeah. So uh, we're putting together this kind of learning platform it's called Creators Learn. It's kind of a platform for people to go to and people that consider themselves creators. Because my whole thing about life is there's, I don't see black and white or male and female or, you know, American, Chinese. I just see creators and I see victims. And so we're putting together a platform for people that consider themselves creators to go and learn um, diff- different business um, opportunities or mindset uh, opportunities or, or places where you can just better yourself if you consider yourself a creator. So I'm working on that right now, and we have our course up there, which basically teaches, you know, people exactly what I do for a living, so they can hopefully copy it, emulate it, and uh, you know, live the type of lifestyle they want that I live. So uh, that's kind of the next endeavor that I'm working on, and um, we'll see how it goes. You
0: know, uh, that sounds really awesome. You said it was creatorslearn.com.
1: Yeah. Yeah. CreatorsLearn.com. Yeah. So we have, uh, the course, which is called business finance blueprint up there, which, you know, teaches the business I'm in, which is, you know, financing, uh, businesses uh, back in the States and, uh, helping them get equipment they need so they can thrive to operate their business. But, um, so that's kind of the first thing up there. And, um, I think we have a mini, we're going to have a mini course up there, which for free that gets people's, uh, gets people clear on their vision. Cause it's like, if you have no vision, you're, you're screwed. I think there's an interesting quote. I can't remember who it's by, but they say something to the effect of, how does it go, man? I'm blanking on it now. Vision without uh, action is a dream and action without vision is a nightmare. So like you got to combine the two, but at first it starts with the vision and the action. So it gets, it's a, it's a free uh, module from the course that gets people super crystal clear on the vision of themselves you know, in one years, 10 years, 20 years, like who you really want to be. Cause without that, you don't know what actions to take.
0: Yeah, for sure. I know a lot of people struggle with uh goal setting and just figuring out what they want to do and, and, you know, embracing that forward looking stuff. So that sounds uh, super interesting. I just want to say thanks for, for coming on the podcast. Um, and I certainly wish you luck with everything you're working on in the future. And uh, I'll make sure to put a link to that course um, and the website in the show notes.
1: Awesome, man. I appreciate you
0: having me. Yeah, and I hope uh, everything goes well in Malaysia and you enjoy uh, all your future travels. Okay, hey, appreciate it, man. All right, take it easy. Thanks for joining me on the Failure Guy podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to tell somebody. And don't forget, always try to fail it till you nail it. Till next time.